When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. weekend hopefully you, you are well wherever you are hopefully you're listening maybe with a cold beverage in your hand maybe you're listening at work and that's a couple hours away it's football time this is another edition of fresh cuts i'm brian scott rippy we've got greg the meat sharp on the other end a little programming note before we get rolling here if you listen to wednesday's podcast which i would encourage you to do with graham hall called grip it and rip it uh it's all the same stuff basically what's happening now is Ben is taking over the podcast three days a week. I'm taking it over the other three days of the week. And this is Grip It and Rip It. Uh, this is still Fresh Cuts. It's just a podcast within a podcast. It was like a human centipede of podcasts. But anyway, there were nothing's really changing. You're just getting six podcasts a week instead of three. I'll be on Wednesday, Friday, of course, today. And Saturday, post-game pod after games. And Ben will handle the other days with an off day on Sunday. So now that we've got that out of the way, what's up, man? Let's pick some games. Yeah, let's let's win some more games. So last week we had another profitable week, dude. We were on a fire. You clipped me on college by a game. You were two and two. I went one and three, with my only win being I don't. Oh, we both won the Louisiana Tech game. That helped us. You went nine and seven in the NFL. I went ten and six. Both of us going profitable on 16 NFL games for two straight weeks is pretty remarkable stuff. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really one for dramatics, and I don't like to exaggerate. 
But are we the greatest pickers alive? Some are saying, some aren't. I just, it, the conversation is happening. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say that we, uh, with our numbers, we're pretty decent. And you know, this is free. You, you get this is this is free pick service that you're getting right here. So uh, I would say with the uh, the free pick service, we are doing really good with our with our service right now. Yeah, I would bet say you may be burying the lead here. We might have to start charging for this. You know, everybody listening to this podcast right now, Venmo me and Greg 15 bucks each. Otherwise, you can't keep listening. So we'll see how that turns out for us. But that puts us at I am 30, 23 and 15 and one on the season. You are 22, 16 and one on the season. That's some pretty damn good stuff. Does that mean it's destined to go off the rails this weekend? Probably, but are we going to go down swinging? Hell yes, we are. Because that's what we do. We swing for the fences and we <laughs> hit it over the fence every time. That's what we try to do. We, truthfully, what we probably should do if we really want to preserve these records is no one that does this stuff smartly, like smartly, remotely smartly, Hammers all 16 NFL games a week. Should we, starting next week, should we actually just do, like, five picks? Like, pick all of them, of course, because that's what we do. But five that really count, maybe our five locks of the week, lane train locks of the week? Yeah, we can, yeah, we can, uh, we can, we can call it the fresh cut lock of the week. You know what? We'll see how this, yeah, the fresh cut lock of the week, I love it. But you know what? We'll just see how it goes. I'm thinking with the wrong mindset. We'll pick all 16 and remain, uh, our profitable record this week we've got college football in oxford mississippi powder blue uniforms fans in the stands it's not normal but it's damn close and there were times where i didn't know if we were going to get there but we finally made it it's got to feel awesome yeah it feels great i mean you know uh this kind of been of a kind of a semi-tease with all this sports going on i mean this kind of college football that they got going on but you know, the real football starts this weekend, and that means SEC football. So, uh, yes, it's uh, very uh, exciting to get those powder blue jerseys on, and uh, it doesn't matter what shade of powder blue it is as long as it's uh, going to be playing um, Saturday at 11 o'clock. Just a delightful spread of games this weekend. Speaking of spreads, if you're trying to watch these games in styles, head on over to Greg's Backyard, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. All of you listening know this by now. But tell them what we got going on at the store. What would be good for football season? They need to go check it out. Well, let's see. I would think uh, get a grab a rack of ribs, throw on the uh, the smoker, have that going for um, for like halftime of the game. Maybe get some duck poppers, some jalapeno poppers, some stuffed mushrooms as like little uh, finger food appetizers to go. And then um, you know uh, you can't go wrong with any of those fresh sausages. The uh, the uh, Swayze sausage, that beer, bacon, cheese, and jalapeno. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, um, ch- chicken, spinach, feta sausage. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a favorite. And then of course the uh, ribeye sausage is very popular. And then the spicy ribeye sausage. So can't go really wrong with uh, anything. Uh, but you know, uh, it is a good time to uh, you know uh, since you can't go to the Grove, uh, might as well you know fire the grill up and hang out at uh, the condo or the house. Absolutely, dude. That just made me hungry just listening to it. Uh, spoiler alert, we're recording on Thursday night. I'm about to go try Korean barbecue for the first time with my girlfriend after this. But now I want ribs and sausage. To hell with all that. But it sounds amazing, dude. Biting into some Swayze sausage 
Chris Bear, cold beer in your hand, football, maybe watching TV outside. That's the biggest flex of all time is watching football on television outside in perfect weather. It's here. It's back. We've got real SEC football. Let's get after it. Here's our LB spreads of the week. Where do you want to start? We'll go, you know what, this week we'll say to hell with all these Big 12 games. We'll go SEC only. You cool with that? Oh, who's the Big 12? Is that that other conference that attend, uh, just, Oh, yeah, no, no, exactly. good. We're, we're good with the Big 12. We're good. It's the Big 10 we, we're, we're, we're making fun of. Our collective stance is the, uh, the on the Big 12 is just we choose the over. Yes, every game over. Here we go. We've got Alabama and Missouri. Missouri is catching 28 at home against Alabama. I don't know much about Missouri. I know Elijah, I, excuse me, uh, I'm blanking on what, Eli Drinkowitz, he's probably got some rebuilding on his hands. It's week one. Nick Saban probably doesn't even know there's a pandemic going on. I'm just going to say Alabama machine-like rolls through this. Whatever, Bam on the road, minus 28. Yeah, uh, man, it's it's hard to bet against Alabama because, you know, they're up 21 to nothing after the uh, first five minutes of the game, and you're like, okay, so how many points am I getting here? Um, no, uh, I think Alabama rolls here, like you were saying. Missouri's got a, you know, kind of a rebuild on their hands, and uh, I mean, I don't know if the guy that they hired is the right answer, but you know, it's the answer for now. But uh, let's just take the tide to roll. Ole Miss, Florida is the next one on our list. That game's gotten to fourteen. You know what? I've been pessimistic about it all offseason in terms of the spread of this game just because I think it when it started off around 9 or 10, I thought that was pretty good. I think Florida got more votes from the media to win the East than Georgia did. They're the odds-on favorite to win the SEC East. I'll say 14 is too many at home. I'll be, the good, I'll be in good spirits. I'll take Ole Miss here. Yeah, I mean, it just like I said, every, that line keeps going up and up and uh... – you know, I just – you don't know what uh, the first game uh, Lane Kiffin's going to bring to the table. I mean, they're, I mean, that, have they announced who the starting quarterback is? All signs point to it being Corral. I think they both play in some capacity, but I think in terms of an every-down quarterback, Corral's got the nod right now. Yeah, for sure. I'd have to agree with that. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I, I kind of harped on the money line here about two weeks ago, regardless of the number, but – um, I'm going to go ahead and be safe and take the take the points. I don't think a good money line is the play here. I just think take the points and sit back and uh, see what Lane Kiffin uh, brings to the table. And there's a lot to be said and a lot of conversations to be had. As I tease earlier, be sure to catch my post-game podcast afterward. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm just fascinated to see what this team and this program looks like. It's been a strange offseason. Haven't had much time to kind of get any sort of normalcy under your belt. Really proud of a fool's exercise to place real expectations on this season. Yes, if it's a disaster and they go 1-11, then you can get mad on message boards. But I'm just interested to see what all of this looks like. And it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating thing to watch play out. So we'll both go Ole Miss there. Our next one is Georgia-Arkansas. Arkansas is catching 28 at home against Georgia. I don't like Georgia's energy right now. I don't think Arkansas is necessarily very good. But I'll go Sam Pittman here because that's a ton of points, and I think Georgia probably plays a pretty ugly game. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm on a, another uh, podcast with uh, Neil and his daughter, and she goes to Arkansas, and she took Arkansas, and I took Georgia, and uh, you know she didn't seem real excited about the game, but I don't think she's a very, uh, t- very enthusiastic when it comes to sports. So 
that's why we kind of do the the podcast which is kind of funny but uh man you know that's a lot of points and uh, i mean i would think georgia just has you know too much talent on the field just to you know to not roll them around roll them up and smoke them but I, I, that's a big number, and, you know, I can see a garbage touchdown, you know, here in the fourth quarter, um, you know, covering this. So, we're going to take the points here. Let's go with Arkansas. Kentucky and Auburn. Auburn's minus seven and a half at home. I think this is going to be the best team of the Mark Stoops era at Kentucky. I'm not necessarily sure if I love this early on in the year, but I'm going to go Kentucky here, plus seven and a half. Give me the Wildcats. I, it sucks that Joey Gatewood's not necessarily uh, – I don't think there's been a ruling on his eligibility yet, but I just kind of like no matter who's the quarterback, I think I like Kentucky here in a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I would never think that uh, I would be taking uh, seven points, much less 25 points uh, whenever Kentucky and Auburn play. But, you know, uh, Kentucky's turned it around. I mean, you know, like you were saying, they've um, good good program, and I think this is going to be their shot to, you know, have a chance at the East. Um I, I like Kentucky here. I, I um, as as much as as much as uh, Auburn, you know, is scary at home. Uh, I just think it's going to be a a field cold game, and um, it's it's going to. Uh, I'd much rather have the points uh, in a tight game like that. I agree. Here's a weird one: Vanderbilt's catching thirty and a half on the road against Texas A and M. Two teams that are really just kind of mirror image of each other are Texas A and M and Florida. I would say A and M probably has a little more of a falsehood in terms of hype around them. But two programs ready to launch in year three of their respective coaching staffs. 30 and a half is too many for me. I think Vanderbilt sucks, but that's too many points. I'll go Vandy here. I think this game is not necessarily ever in doubt, but 30 and a half is a ton. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Vanderbilt is just that atrocious, and Derek Mason ends up getting fired amidst a pandemic. But I think that's too many. I'll go the doors here early on in the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that does d- definitely seem like a big number, especially for an SEC school, and especially, you know, as bad as Vanderbilt is. Um, I've been told through the grapevine that this is probably one of the worst Vanderbilt teams in history. And, you know, they uh, you look back at their history, they've got some pretty, pretty bad ones. So uh, with that being said, you know, I can easily see a, a 42 to 10 sort of thing, you know, heading into the fourth quarter and, um, you know, Texas A&M trying to save some players because they've got an all-SEC uh, schedule now. So you can't uh, – you got to pick and choose, you know, when to uh, uh, play your starters. So I can see, a, you know, 42-35-10 game uh, heading in the fourth quarter and Vandy, you know, get a you know, uh, win for, one for the Gipper uh, cover uh, late touchdown. So let's go with Vandy and the points. Underdog heavy so far in this early on SEC slate. I don't necessarily think that's a bad strategy because it's a lot of big spreads outside of Alabama. We've gone on the underdog side so far. I just think early in the year, limited camp, weird offseason. I'm just not sure how many of these games are going to be huge blowouts. So I, I think we're on the right track here. Maybe I'll come back on next Friday and think we're just complete idiots. Here's a fascinating one in terms of like game of the weekend. This may be the best pure football game we see out of the SEC this year. South Carolina is catching three and a half at home against Tennessee. Tennessee ends a year winning seven of their last eight games, I think, including the bowl game. All the hype around Jeremy Pruitt's team going into year three. They had a lot of good mojo come in off of last year. A lot of returning. You get Cade Mays eligible. 
I think I like Tennessee on the road here. I normally don't do this in close games like this, but I think I like Tennessee on the road here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this. I mean, I, um, you know, it seems like Tennessee uh, with uh, Jeffrey Pruitt's got the program turned around. And, you know, it's uh, regardless of um, who you play. I mean, to win seven games in a row, I mean, that's a nice feather to have in your hat, especially going into a, a new season. I mean, I know it's kind of a different circumstances and it's an all-SEC schedule. But, um, you know, out of all the teams that, are coming into this year. I think Tennessee probably has the most momentum coming into the this year. I think uh, I, I think they roll here. Uh, I, I like Tennessee a lot here. And that Colin that that uh, Colin Hill kid beat out Ryan Talinsky for the starting job, and it was just kind of presumed Talinsky was going to continue after he took over for an injured and struggling uh, whatever the kid was that was at South Carolina for year. Uh, 200 years i'm blanking on his name now he transferred somewhere out west but anyway like that was kind of a weird occurrence it kind of just slipped out this week that colin hill beat out hilinski and it's kind of like what happened there i just don't think that's good mojo so i think we're going tennessee there mississippi state is a 17 point underdog against lsu i feel like mississippi state is probably the trendy pick here just because lsu lost so much coming off a national title they kind of had some locker room turmoil Early on in this offseason, they had a lot of dudes opt out. Ed O was in some hot water for a little bit. But I think I like LSU here. I'm not sure whether Mike Leach is going to work or not. I kind of think he might long-term if he can win at Pullman, Washington. There's no reason he can't win at Starkville. I just don't think they have the personnel to run what he wants to run this year. I think State's really going to struggle this season. So I'm going to lay LSU here minus 17. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm – I would never bet Mississippi State, you know, in a, in, in anything. So with that being said, uh, you know, I'm def I'm on LSU. Uh, I just, you know, don't know what KJ Costello is going to uh, adapt to the SEC sp- uh, speed, you know. And Stanford was very pro style, very basic running the ball, you know, a lot of play action, and you know, um, Leach, you know, throws throws it around 40, 15 times a game. So, um, you know, uh, I. I I, I, I don't I don't think that um, I don't think state's going to be a good pick here. I, I like to LSU regardless of how many recruit I mean the coordinators left. I mean they're still um, defending national champions, and once you get that swag, it's a it's a good swag to have. So I, I say them you know forty two ten something pretty pretty basic. We just had the exact same uniform picks on all seven SECs games. So you and I are either going down on the ship or we're going to buy a boat together. Um, so, no, we're going to buy uh, all seven. All seven the same there. I think we had three favorites and four underdogs. So get rich, kids, because we're coming off two profitable weeks and we are the freight train from hell with money flying out the side. Let's roll into the NFL. I love the NFL action last weekend. We had a decent week. There were some brutal beats. Some of them were on the right side of, some were on the wrong side of. You had the late LeGarrette Blunt touchdown that really just kind of saved. I say that's a bad beat. Uh, Tampa Bay was in control of that Carolina game the whole time. That was really just kind of a justifiable outcome. But you had some disgusting beats for the second week in a row in the National Football League. Thursday night game, it's our wake-up-a-winner game because we pick it uh, before it happens or really as it's kicking off, and you'll know afterward. Uh, Miami and Jacksonville in the most Thursday night game of all time other than Jags Titans. I'm going to go Miami here plus three. I like Jacksonville. I like Minshew. Something just tells me the Dolphins aren't starting 0-3. They've had to play the Pats and the Bills. 
I am going Jackson. I mean, I'll go Miami here. I hate going against Minshew. He's made his money two weeks in a row, but something in my gut tells me Miami. Yeah, uh, man, uh, it's a tough one. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say two really bad football teams are playing, but you know, uh, work in progress uh, situations. Um, you know, Mark uh, Minshew's a grinder, man, and um, he's gotten it done, and uh, you know, uh, almost took it to a really good Tennessee Titans team. So, man, I'm I'm going to go Jacksonville here. I, I like Minshew. I like your pick better than I like my own because I love Minshew. This whole Gardner Minshew thing is not a good story. Now, like I'm looking at, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback to the point if he continues playing this way. Jacksonville might not have the number one pick, even though they're trying to get it in tank, and they might help bo- help bolster their defense or get someone else when it, it seemed like the game plan was to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I think Gardner Minshew's floor now as an NFL quarterback is a Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor, kind of a plug-and-play starter, place-holding starter. I think that's his floor. He's only in his second year. He's not developing as a prospect. My overall point being, he's not just a good story anymore. He is a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like his first game, I mean, literally, what was he, 19 for 20 uh, with three touchdowns? I mean, um, I mean, I know that's not off the wall charts, you know, um, um, Madden stats, but, I mean, that's what you want from your quarterback. No mistakes. Uh, manage the game properly. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on the kid. I, I like it a lot. And I say that he's I keep saying he's not just a great story more. He's also a awesome story. A really cool, interesting dude. I'm a huge Minshew fan. I hate that I picked against him. It's just my dumb brain crossing wires. But anyway, next game, we've got New England is minus five and a half at home uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Two really fascinating stories here. You had the Sunday night game last week that was fantastic where it was kind of the first Patriots moral victory we've seen in a while, right? They lose the game on the one yard line, but Cam Newton looked fantastic. I mean, Cam Newton is throwing the ball with that. He didn't even throw with the year. He won the MVP. He looks healthy running the football. They had the slip up at the end late where he gets stopped short of the goal line. They almost stole the game. Uh, The Pats are not going five and 11. Like the nerds that love the, all the football analytics predicted. They're a playoff team and they're probably going to win this division. They're really damn good. That being said, I think I'm going to go the other side here. I think the Pats win by a field goal. I think John Gruden's got something going on in here in Las Vegas. I don't think he necessarily likes Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is another guy kind of like Minshew that doesn't get a ton of respect but is a good NFL quarterback. I'll ride the Vegas train here, but I am really kind of on the bandwagon of both these teams. I think both these teams are good. Yeah, I have to agree, man. I, um, I mean, it's a good matchup for sure. I mean, who would have thought that the Las Vegas Raiders and the Patriots would be – you know, something to catch your eye in week three of it. But, I mean, it's a really good matchup. Um, that, uh, Vegas, you know, played a really good game the other night against New Orleans. Um, you know, I, I I get that the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas, and I know he's a he's a big part of the offense. But, I mean, still, I mean, Saints are pretty, pretty stacked regardless of the situation. I think that Vegas just took it to them straight up. And uh, I think Vegas is a good ball club. With that being said, you know, this is kind of a travel rule game, and, you know, they're, uh, they're traveling toward the East Coast. So I'm going to take the Patriots here. I like, the, I, like, I like the Patriots. I like Cam Newton, what he's done. And, you know, everybody on Twitter is like, how are you going to let Bill Belichick get – I mean, just give – I mean, just give him Cam Newton, you know. So 
With that being said, I think, you know, uh, Cam's the type of player that, you know, likes to play with a chip on his shoulder, and I think you're going to get that from him. So um, I see, uh, I see um, uh, New England winning by 10 here. I like both of your picks better than I like my own so far in these two NFL games, and I don't even know how that makes sense. The third one we go, you've got the Buffalo Bills 2-0 and against the L.A. Rams, who have been a really, not surprising, but kind of really nice, clean football team throughout. Bills are minus one and a half at home. I'm just going to go travel rule here. I kind of like the Rams, but I think the Bills defense will be the best defense the Rams have faced so far in two weeks. So I'll just travel rule you here. I'll go with what your uh, system play is, and I'm just going to go the Bills. I, I have no feel for this game at all, so I'll just take the home team. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that this would be a good matchup of two undefeated teams? Uh, didn't think that at all. Uh, I thought uh, Miami was going to come back and clip Buffalo, but they, um, you know, that um, Allen made a big play. And uh, so, with that being said, uh, Buffalo's two and zero. You know, I do like the system play here. I do like Buffalo. Uh, you know, I think it would actually kind of be almost pe- probably a pick them at kickoff, but I like the Bills here. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. That's going to be a fascinating game, I think, against two playoff teams. The next one, you've got Pittsburgh minus four against Houston. I think I'm going to Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans. And what I mean by that, I think I'm done with them. Deshaun Watson seemed to be able to overcome the incompetence of Phil O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, excuse me, in years past. We should call him Phil because he's incompetent, so why say his name correctly? It turns out when you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a 30-year-old David Johnson and he loses his best weapon, there's only so much Deshaun Watson can overcome. He's a fantastic talent being wasted by a moron. I hate to be harsh, but I'm going Pittsburgh here. I just After watching the debacle last week, I have no faith in Houston. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel you on that. But, you know, uh, leave it up to the NFL to, you know, to, for you to be on the team. And they, they lo- lay an egg those first two games. And, you bet against them, and then they show up in the third week. So uh, I'm going to go with Houston on this. All righty. Houston saves its season. Uh, or, I guess, uh, loses by less than three. But Houston needs that I to mean, save their season. They feel, I like a little uh, Houston money line here, to be honest. The money line play of the week. I love it. Here's a <laughs> disgusting one. San Francisco is staying east after losing Joey Bosa, and I forget the other defensive linemen they lost for the year to two torn ACLs last weekend and win against the uh, Jets. I was listening to our picks last week because I, got, I forgot to write them down, and so I had to go back and listen to the podcast and tally up our picks right before we listen. And in order to do it faster, I put us on, like, the maximum speed that the podcast will allow you to listen to. And it was absolutely hilarious. So if you're looking to uh, fast forward to your board bias, uh, you listen on 2.5 speed because we sound like Ben Shapiro if Ben Shapiro did a bunch of cocaine. It was hilarious (laughs) to listen to. But my point in saying that, we somehow convinced ourselves to pick the Jets last week, and I think we should shame ourselves for doing so. Yeah, no, the travel rule was very shameful in that that was very bad that was that was very shameful on the travel rule. but again you know you don't um you, you get to the point to where you don't play it and you're like oh my god that's the damn travel rule i cannot believe i didn't do that so yes uh there's sometimes the travel rule works and there's sometimes the travel rule really doesn't work because the team is really that bad this one, this one is if, if we weren't sticking to our principles where we pick every game, this is the most stay away game of stay away games of all times. 
is the Giants at plus four at home against the Niners, who are going to be starting Nick Mullins, Southern Miss's own Nick Mullins, who's actually a pretty serviceable backup quarterback. No, Joey Bosa. I, I cannot believe I'm doing this again, but I'm going to hold my nose and pick the New York football Giants. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area this weekend and you see me puking in public, it's because of this pick and nothing else. Yeah, I'm going to have to puke with you, man. You know, that's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, let's go Giants. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, oh, God, I, this uh, is awful. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, no, what's going to be great is the Giants are going to win the game and we're going to be like, oh, we, we knew this the whole time, you know. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. What a terrible game. Um, you know, I hope uh, – it's one of those games that probably the Rezo channel would never even consider going to show you the highlight because – Oh, uh, you'll see this game twice unless right. something terrible happens. Yeah, some, yeah. I, I, maybe, you know, the first play of the game is a pick six, you know, something very terrible. But, uh, yes, I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, – I'm either going to be in the front of the boat or the back of the boat. But, yeah, uh, I'm with you on this Giants pick. I love it. I just feel like I need to shower after such a statement, but whatever. We, we forge onward. Minnesota's catching three at home against the Tennessee Titans. I bet against the Titans two weeks in a row, uh, despite being a Titans fan. I was proven right last week when Gardner Minshew, which honestly, you could make an argument Jacksonville maybe could have or should have stolen that game in Nashville. I'm all over the Titans this week. The Minnesota Vikings, if it weren't for the Jets and the Giants, would have a case for the worst team in the NFL. I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe this is a trap and this is where they save their season and get to one and two. But after what I've watched for two weeks against the Packers and the Colts, Minnesota is an abomination. Give me the Titans here. Yeah, you you almost need to pick the better team on this and you would think Tennessee is the better team. Uh, yeah, Minnesota, uh, absolute dumpster fire. Um, I know they, uh, didn't Dal- uh, Dalvin Cook out, it doesn't, isn't he out? I don't uh, know. I haven't seen that this week, but it wouldn't surprise me. I just, I, I, I can't in good faith after watching Minnesota, I don't care who they had or who they're, who he's out. I just can't in good faith pick them. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, still to this day, I, I, I don't know how the Saints lost that game against Minnesota in, that AFC, in the NFC Championship. Uh, still stings. But, yeah, uh, Kirk Cousin, uh, I mean, of course, he's probably going to prove us both wrong uh, this weekend and, you know, and let, you know, probably win by two touchdowns. But, you know, uh, as, far as, uh, as far as I can see right now, Kirk Cousin's a loser. We're not going to go with losers. We're going to go with winners. So let's go with the Titans. Here's another stay away central, but there's no such thing as stay away centrals in a podcast on this podcast because we pick them all because we pick them all. Cleveland is minus seven at home against the Washington football team. The Washington football team kind of had a nice story in week one. It felt fake. We both went with Arizona last week. We were right. It was kind of fake. They looked really terrible for three and a half quarters. I'm gonna go Browns here. I think you're gonna kind of get some uh, some really false. Baker, remember when Baker Mayfield in his rookie year beat a bunch of bad teams at the end of the year, and then they traded for a bunch of talent, and they were the most overhyped team in the NFL going in the last year? I think you're going to kind of get an in-season version of that as they beat up on a couple bad teams. They beat up on the Bengals last week. Joe Burrow looks amazing, but his team is just absolutely incompetent around him. And we'll get to that in a second here with the next pick. I'll go Browns here. I don't have a ton of faith in this, but Washington I don't think is very good, and I'll trust Cleveland at home. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely have to uh, skip this one. But 
you know, like you were saying, we don't skip bets because we bet bets. So uh, we're going to bet this bet. And, uh, you know, like I said, maybe Baker Mayfield's just really good against bad teams. So let's, we'll chalk it up to Baker be, having a really good night against a really bad team. And uh, we'll, we'll take uh, Cleveland to roll here. Yeah, is Baker Mayfield a young Kirk Cousins? The Sunday noon game against a 4-17, and 17, he just beats the shit out of them and then can't win any primetime games. I think you might have just crafted an awesome hot take that we'll see on first take in two years. I'm on it. Let's roll into Cleveland and Philadelphia. Here's – there's a ton of stayaways this week. Philadelphia is minus four and a half at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think Philly's as bad as they've looked the first two weeks. They kind of came back and almost won that game after getting down big against the Rams last week. I like Joe Burrow. You can just kind of tell he's got that it factor. He's incredibly accurate. He's a great thrower to the football. I am genuinely worried for him, and I have no emotional stake in Joe Burrow, but he seems like a good kid. I am genuinely worried for his safety behind that Bengals offensive line and that his career turns into an Andrew Luck thing where he's beaten up so badly the first few years of his career. It just never amounts to, you know, a decade and a half long NFL career. I hope that's not the case, but man, they better protect his ass. I'll go Philly here just because of the incompetence around Burrow. Philly minus four and a half. Yeah, this is super trap written all over it because you're like, you look at it and you're like, oh, are the Eagles that bad? And you're like, well, maybe the uh, the Bengals are aren't that good. Obviously, you know, you see a a, a Brit a bright side with Joe Burrow. I mean, he just he's a gamer. Uh, it just it's sad that um, and that's an uh, NFL offensive line that people that a front office drafted and developed, and that's uh, it's pretty sad. So uh, I. I think I, I really think Philadelphia is overrated. I just really think they are. I'm going to go Joe Burrow to, to to carry this team and get his uh, get the first win of his career. So I'm going to go with the Bengals money line. I've uh, I've been picking around. Oh, I I, I, I I mean you know I, I I think it's Joe Burrow's coming out party, and I think the Boo Birds are going to be out in Philadelphia. So we're going to take the Bengals money line here. I like it. I don't hate that at all, honestly. I think that's a bold pick. Man, if Philly does that, if, if Philly loses that game, they're, they're toast. Maybe this is just the absolute stay away week of all weeks because these next two even are just gross. Atlanta is minus three at home against the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the story of the week last week, Atlanta losing that football game the way they did to the Dallas Cowboys. They still covered, but them losing the way they did to the Dallas Cowboys last week, is just unfathomable. Are they a team with a broken psyche? I don't know. I said I was going to quit the Falcons, so I guess I have to stick with that, and I'll take Chicago, but I don't want to. Chicago plus three on the road, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if you listeners out there got on the uh, Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half in the second half on the uh, on the game last week, but I would say that was probably the, the extreme – 2020 lock of the year was was the Cowboys minus six and a half in the second half. I'm fortunate enough I got on it, but I feel like I didn't put enough money on it because it just Atlanta just fell fell smooth apart. It was it was just terrible to see, you know. I mean, uh, yes, Dak, you know, did perform and you know did did a couple throws and you know, I mean, the onside kick, you know, where 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 they you know huddled around the ball. Oh. 
just a bad, bad football team. And uh, it's like they didn't know they were allowed to touch it. Like the team that's trying to recover it, like the defensive team is allowed to touch it whenever they want. Whenever. It's like Atlanta thought they had to go ten yards. Um, uh, yeah, that was just what I, I just couldn't understand. I was like, what? What are they doing? Uh, you know. But yes, uh, I think I read a stat that uh, the last time the Falcons went zero and two, they end up going whatever their record was last year. It was something like what two and sixteen or. Four, whatever. Anyway, we're uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go with Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears here. Uh, you know, uh, Mitchell's getting it taken care of. Um, I think that the Bears are gonna sleep or be good. I know I haven't been on Mitchell's uh, the Mitchell train last couple of weeks, but um, you know, let's get let's get disappointed this week, Mitchell. I love it. I love it. It's the ugliest two and zero of all time. Where Atlanta might have the most gut wrenching zero and two of all time. Indy is minus 11 and a half at home against the New York Jets. The Jets are just an absolute disgrace. And if it weren't for their team they share the stadium with, they would be by far, in a way, the worst team in the NFL. I cannot believe I'm about to do this, but I'm going with the New York Jets because every single Phil Rivers game is within a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. And I'm going to go Jets here. I don't know why. Jets plus 11 and a half. Feel free to publicly shame me in the streets, but I'm just doing it. I just don't. I think the Colts are okay. I think they'll probably sneak in late playoffs or have a chance. I'm just not sure they're going to blow the Jets out at home, no matter how incompetent the Jets are. And the Jets are incompetent. Yeah, like I said, after, uh, yeah, I I just, you know, it's just, it's really hard to bet on bad football teams. And with that being said, you know, you really kind of want to bet, be smart with your money and probably bet on the better of the two teams. But sometimes it just doesn't work out like that and you win with smart money. So, yes, we're going to I'm going to go terrible and we're going to go keep going with the Jets. And then we just hit both New York teams this week. Whenever we get we might change it to never bet on the Jets podcast like we probably like, we probably need to switch it to that. We just like we just hammered both New York teams. If this doesn't work out this week, we just should never talk about either team on this podcast ever again. Yeah, what we can start out in the next podcast, we like, oh, the first two bets that we have are going to be whoever plays the Jets and whoever plays the Giants. But like those are going to be our first two picks to go, and then we'll go. Uh, then we'll do the rest of the picks. I like that rule. If they both lose this week, neither you or I are ever allowed to pick them again. So it's just two already out of the way. Uh, continuing on this just disgusting trend, the Chargers are minus six and a half against the Carolina Panthers in L.A. Not that that matters too much because the whole no fan thing, but it is the East Coast to West Coast. Panthers are without Christian McCaffrey. And then you had the whole deal where Justin Herbert looked fantastic against the Chiefs last week. Started, found out about an hour before the game because the Chiefs, I mean, excuse me, it's because the Chargers medical staff accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung while trying to pre- to do some sort of pain preventative treatment. Did you see this story? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, man. I, I mean, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, um, you know, it was, t- it's 2020. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to believe anything that pops up on the Twitter now these days, but yes, whenever I read that, uh, the team doctor punctured their, the starting quarterback's lung, I, that's just whenever I was like, well, that's it. Uh, but, yes, that was crazy. That's wild. 
how does that happen? Like, this is not Little House on the Prairie. Like, like, like that's almost like to the point where like someone's gonna miss a game for chicken pox or something or wow. like polio. Amazing, it's like, what are you? What is? How does that happen in, with modern medicine? I mean, you know, uh, is Johnny Sims the team doctor for uh, for, uh, for the Chargers? <laughs> is, uh, is that? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Just somebody that just has no clue what they're doing and they're like oh this isn't dr so and such but like oh yeah oh no i mean uh I, no that's that's uh that's a that's a big professional boo-boo right there so um but yes um look up former charger team doctor and i'm pretty sure you'll get to that guy uh face will pop up I guess we'll go Chargers here. I, I think this feels like a trap, right? Because everyone's going to hammer the Chargers because the Panthers haven't looked very good and they don't have McCaffrey. But I think Herbert looked really good last week. I think the Chargers have a good football team that could compete for the playoffs if Herbert looks anything like he did last week. Granted, it's one week. Sometimes rookie quarterbacks are just kind of bold enough just because they don't know they're stupid yet. But I'll go Chargers here. I'll fall into the trap. I'm just I'm not doing Carolina without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I like Chargers here. I mean, you know, um, it, it's kind of like uh, whenever you get, uh, get a, 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 a rookie quarterback in there, you really don't know the book on him. But you got once you get the book out, a la Baker Mayfield, you know, you have to adjust your game. So I just feel like the book isn't out on uh, Herbert yet, and uh, there's still some uh, some things that he might can get away with. So. Um, I, I like Herbert a lot. I, I think that's a good pick for him. And uh, let's go with the Chargers. The proverbial needle that I can't seem to pull out or can't seem to quit are the Detroit Lions. And they are plus five and a half against the Arizona Cardinals at Arizona. Arizona looks really good against a bad Washington team last week. Kyler Murray looks awesome. I can't believe I'm doing this again. But I'm going to go with the Lions. I just don't think they're going to start 0-3. I don't think Arizona's played anyone good. I say that they did beat San Francisco in San Francisco week one. So that doesn't even make any sense. I'm putting my own brain in a pretzel. Against all logic, I'm going Detroit. So please, please do with that what you wish. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, even though, I mean, I had a customer come, come in the store the other day and told me that I look like Matt Patricia. So, uh, with that said, <laughs> did you have uh, a beard going? Cause I could see that. Oh yeah. I ha I've got the beard. Well, I, I, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I immediately have started to diet. So I'm like been working out and trying to lose weight because, you know, uh, I've seen Matt Patricia and I've seen what he looks like and I hope like, but anyway, with that being said, uh, I'm not that okay. ever again. Uh, I, I think that, uh, <laughs> See, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Lions. They're, they're awful. I think they're, I think they go zero and three this week. It's, it's, a, it's guaranteed. You can thank that. I guess you can thank that fan for never betting on the Lions again. What was your reaction to that? Did you just were like, like, do you say thanks? What is your reaction to su such, a, such a comment? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I was just like, oh, cool. And, he, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know the, the Detroit Lions head coach. And I was like. Yes, man. I, I know who Matt Patricia is. Like, he, uh, yeah, yeah. The the person, like, I'm not unfamiliar with the person. I'm just unfamiliar with why you said that. Well, I mean, I guess it's because I have a dark beard and I'm kind of uh, heavy set. I don't know. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm I'm the type of person that if I see somebody 
I don't be like, hey, you know you look like that guy? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't ever approach somebody like that. So, unless know. it's, yeah, you've got a good point there. Cause unless it's like a famous actor or actress where they're just, you know, they're a total smoke show. Yeah. Like, like you like probably Matt should Patricia, just steer like, clear of that because you don't know how they're going to react. Matt Patricia. Like, uh, I mean, like, I mean, like, I could <laughs> never have watched sports in my entire life. And like, that guy's like, hey, you know, you look like Matt Patricia. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> you know, like with a serious face and being over there, like, oh, you know, he's the uh, head coach at the one. I'm like, oh, I don't watch sports. So is that good or is that bad? You know, like I could have done that, but I didn't. So I just rolled with it. But anyway, not I, I'm not I don't look like Matt Patricia, but I'm definitely going to bet against his football team this weekend because he's a bad football coach. Um, so I, I think I read a stat the other night that. Uh, who was um, the Lions coach? Was it uh, Moore? I think his yeah, last name was Moore, like Herman Moore or something like that. Anyway, that sounds like before my time. Anyway, well, the guy that uh, the, the guy that Patricia uh, replaced. I think oh, Jim Caldwell. Was, yeah, Caldwell. I think his. Rec- I think they fired him for going nine and seven. Nine, yeah, nine and seven, and I think. Patricia's record is like six and 20 something. And, you know, they hired him because he's a defense coordinator. And I think all they're, they're last in every defense coordinate category. So, I mean, it gives you an idea, but no, uh, Greg doesn't look like Mike, Matt, Patricia, and Greg doesn't bet on the lines anymore. So we're going to take the, uh, who are they playing? They're playing the Arizona Cardinals, our oh, favorite yeah. team. I'm all, yeah, we're on them. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona by like three touchdowns. This we'll go, we'll go Arizona lock of the week. Take chalk that down. These are the analytics you're not going to get anywhere else, folks. So please tell all your friends to tune in. We have <laughs> we've got Denver plus five and a half at home against Tampa Bay. I'm just there's a chance that this week just goes completely south for me because of all the sinful picks I'm making. But last week, Drew Locke got knocked out of the game, and Jeff Driscoll actually looked okay against the NFL's best pass rush against the uh, the against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I should say he got sacked a bunch, but he brought them back, and they were actually in that game in the in the fourth quarter. I think the Bucks probably win this game, but I think this is too many points. I think the Bucks are too undisciplined. The Bucks. Like, if it were anyone but Tom Brady playing quarterback for the Bucks right now, like, if it were Jameis Winston, it would be the same storyline. It would be, this team does stupid shit all the time for no reason. They're undisciplined. I think they're talented, but they're undisciplined. They were talented when they had Jameis. So, I say all of that to say, the Bucks probably win this game. Denver's been a house of horrors for Tampa through the years. I'll go Denver here because I just think it's too many points. Is this at Denver? Yeah, this is in Denver. Oh man, yeah. I mean, you know, and all honestly, this looks like a, a a Denver money line to tell you the truth. I mean, it's got every everything that points towards Tampa Bay just blowing them out, and it just the public gets on the on the on the wrong side, and that's what's going to happen. I like Denver a lot on this game. I feel better now that you agreed with me there because I thought I was going with the gross pick again, but I think it actually makes some sense. Another one that's kind of an intriguing one, a really good late afternoon game. You've got Dallas kind of saved their season last week by getting extremely lucky 
against the Atlanta Falcons who just invent ways to lose games. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know what you do if you're a Falcons fan at this point. I don't know how it's like any way able to boost morale. I would say if, if I'm in a te- if I'm in a two-part teaser this week, one of my parts here is going to be the Cowboys. Seattle is minus five at home against the Cowboys. I'll go Dallas here. I think that's kind of a win that gets you going and kind of reinvigorates your season. And think about it. If you put this in a seven-point teaser, too, that's Dallas plus 12. That feels pretty good. I think Seattle's good. They probably win this in a close one. But I think that's too many points. I'm going to go Cowboys here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I mean, you know, I'm, I know it's not good for the podcast for uh, for us to agree on things. And uh, so, with that being said, we're gonna agree with you again on this one. Uh, uh, we're gonna go with the Cowboys here. I think they might have uh, struck a nerve whenever they were down 26 to 10 at halftime, and you know, uh, let the uh, somebody might have stepped up in the locker room and said, you know, we're a lot better football team than we're showing, and uh, that's what happens uh, whenever something like that happens. So. It helps whenever you put yourself in a hole to get out of the hole because it gives you more momentum and more, you know, uh, enthusiasm to um, to do something about it. So um, I, I like the Cowboys here, and you know, I almost kind of want to put a little small play on the money line here. I like that a lot. I don't hate that at all, and I'm not going to hate it if the next underdog money line too. Sunday night football, you get Saints, Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Man, I've already heard the take, and I actually respect Matt Hasselback a lot, his football knowledge. Not Matt Hasselback, Trent Dilfer. They're both bald, forgive me. Trent Dilfer has been on a lot with Ryan Russillo, and he thinks that the Packers drafted uh, Jordan Love just to piss off Aaron Rodgers to get the best out of Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think that theory is as crazy as people make it sound. And he has looked absolutely incredible. The Packers are plus three in New Orleans. Is it time? I know you're a Saints guy, but is it time to start having a conversation about what Drew Brees is now versus what he was? I'm not sure. You know, the the that last Peyton Manning year where the defense dragged his ass to a Super Bowl title kind of comes to mind. I don't think it's that bad yet. I don't think it's necessary to blame Drew Brees. The man's in his 40s. Like, you're not supposed to be doing this at this age. But I love the Packers here. I think they're going to win by a lot. So, I'm going to go Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you again on this. I mean, I just um, um, – this is how I feel about certain things. If you poke the bear and the bear eventually wakes up, you know, you're going to have a problem when the bear wakes up. So, I, I have to agree with Dilfer's comments, you know, when – uh, drafting Jordan Love, you know, uh, probably put a little fire under his uh, his belly that hadn't been there in probably two or three years because you get comfortable with the job. Whenever you're the guaranteed starter, on, you know, uh, year in and year out, you do really don't have to um, uh, push yourself as much as you push yourself to get the job. So um, with that being said, you know, uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I think, uh, I think Green Bay's uh, got the hot hand. And um, I mean, I – New Orleans better um, get something, you know, together. I know Michael Thomas is out, and that's a big part of the offense. But, um, you know, uh, either the defense needs to step up or um, Emmanuel Sanders or somebody, you know, um, uh, on the the offense uh, needs to step up. But I I think New Orleans is in trouble, and um, I like Green Bay a lot uh, here. New Orleans is good. Like the first, if you watch that Monday night game, they just scripted the first couple of drives, and when it's on a script, they look really good. And I think that's a lot of the genius of Sean Payton 
and them just being a good team with talent. But when it comes down to just in the middle of the game where it's just kind of make plays, and particularly relying on your quarterback, Breeze just hasn't looked the same. And so I, uh, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. I think I love Green Bay here. Maybe I'm wrong, but man. But what a treat we get to cap off the weekend after this great Sunday night game. We're going to get Chiefs-Ravens. Ravens are minus three and a half in Baltimore. I, I, I don't really care the wisdom here. I think uh, Lamar Jackson's awesome. I think he's incredible. I think they're the best team in the NFL. But anytime you're giving Patrick Mahomes points, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. Coming off a terrible week last week where they got lucky to win the game, Harrison Butker's the most baller kicker in the NFL, not named Justin Tucker. This may be the matchup of the two best kickers in the NFL after what he did last week. I'll go Mahomes here. Yeah, like you were saying, it's uh, if you get uh, one point, two points, or much less any kind of points uh, with Patrick Mahomes, you're you're gonna take it, and it's just because that's a smart bet. Uh, you know, the, Lamar Jackson's uh, on another on another planet. He, I mean, he's uh, he just seems like he you know does everything awesome. right. I mean, he doesn't make any mistakes. Um, <sighs> I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I, I, it's hard to, uh, to like you said, it's hard to bet against Mahomes. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson here. I'm going to go with Baltimore on this. Let's go with the uh, Ravens. That is our week three. We are not tired of picking games yet. We're savoring every week of this. It feels damn good to be back. We've got SEC football this weekend. As you watch SEC football, you want to go by and throw something just absolutely elite on the grill. Go check them out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Greg, same time next week? We'll be here, and we'll be there. We'll be here ready to make y'all some more money. That's what we do. Two profitable weeks in a row, and we're going for three. I'm fired up. Let's watch some football. Everyone have a great and safe weekend. Eat some LB's, and we'll be back next week, kids. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.